Welcome back to Cultura and Cash. This is Giovanna, otherwise known as Gigi or the First Gen Mentor. I'm a former investment professional turned financial educator, speaker, influencer, and now author of the book Cultura and Cash. On this episode, I'll be reading the introduction to my book, Cultura and Cash, Lessons from the First Gen Mentor for Managing Finances and Cultural Expectations. I hope it gives you more insight into the book, the cover topics, and most importantly, my voice, so you can make a better informed buying decision if you're on the fence about buying the book. A few comments before we get started. There will be an audiobook version of my book available in September of 2024. Why so late, you may ask? Because due to my schedule, I'm not able to narrate the book until May of 2024. As of this recording, it's January of 2024. Second, the audiobook will be a professionally produced audiobook in a real recording studio with a recording director in place. I'll also take voice lessons this spring. I share this as a disclaimer so that you aren't too harsh on my narration. This is just a quick unedited reading I'm putting out there for those that would like to learn more about the book before buying. That's it. Let's go ahead and get started. Intro. Welcome to your rich girl era. Money allows me to live a life I love. I want to be better with money, but I don't know where to start. I know I have to get my finances together, but money feels scary to me. No matter what I do with my money, I can't seem to get ahead. I work so hard for my money, but I don't know where it all goes. These are all a sampling of comments I get from my financial literacy workshop students or even the comment section on my social media accounts. Most people who say this often feel they don't have a good understanding of how money works and are intimidated by all they have to learn to get better. If this is you, it's not your fault. Nobody teaches us this stuff. Nobody teaches us how money works. It's not taught to us in school, and if you have immigrant parents like me, it likely wasn't taught to you at home. To make matters worse, the money advice that is out there can be outdated and unrelatable. Skip Starbucks and make your coffee at home or save to save money or work part-time work a part-time job during college to avoid student debt. On what planet this old school money advice just doesn't work in this day and age. Financial literacy is riddled with confusing financial jargon. There are formulas, new acronyms, and math involved. Learning money education as a beginner can feel intimidating when you don't know the industry lingo and it can leave you feeling small or incapable of doing better. Traditional money advice is known for using finger wagging tactics and judges you for not knowing what you didn't know. It doesn't feel like a safe space to learn. When you only see white cis male financial pundits talking about money, it's easy to feel like money management is not for you and that it's only something white people do. What does a middle-aged white man know about my specific life needs as a first-gen Latina? He doesn't share my struggles or my worries. No wonder you've never learned. Money matters. But that ends with this book, because money affects us all. Understanding how to use money effectively is an important life skill that affects every aspect of your life, including where you live, what you eat, and what type of health care you have access to. 
Having money allows you to show up for family and those you love when they need it. Money gives you the means to have experiences that will enrich your life and buy things that bring you joy. Money brings you financial peace and can preserve your mental health during life's ups and downs. Money gives you options and allows you to live the life you deserve, which is why I'm going to teach you how it works. My journey from financially broke to money expert. As a Latina financial educator and influencer, I make financial concepts easy to understand. As a speaker, I've taught financial literacy topics like budgeting, credit building, and investing to nonprofits, employee resource groups, universities, and thousands of students at various colleges. As a content creator, I make edutaining videos that explain money basics like how to open a Roth IRA or how to pay off debt to my social media community of 25,000 plus followers. I love talking about all things money, especially with first gen and other women of color. Although I'm considered an expert now, my money journey started similar to yours. Broke, confused, and not having a clue on where to start. When I felt ready to learn, I turned to the books. I turned to books to teach myself. I started reading all the money books I could get my hands on, well over 50 books. I bought books online, borrowed books from my friends, and checked out books from my local library. I felt like Belle in Beauty and the Beast, reading the same books over and over for fun. I read some of the classics like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Automatic Millionaire. I read books by well-known financial experts like Susie Orman and David Bach. These books taught me all the fundamentals like how to budget, how to tackle debt, and start investing. All things I knew nothing about when I started my money journey. After reading those books, I finally understood the meaning of all these new acronyms and financial terms like APR and FICO score. I felt like I cracked the code and had mastered a new language, the language of money. A shift happened inside me. Instead of tuning out at the first mention of money talk, I'd lean in and ask more questions. Money didn't feel scary anymore. It felt like something that was within my reach and available to me too. If I felt confident and like I had fi- <laughs> I felt confident and like I finally had the knowledge and tools I needed to tackle my finances and make smarter money moves. I was eager to get off the struggle buzz and transform my finances for the better. When two money cultures clash. But what I experienced instead was a complete culture clash with my family. In the books I read, there was no mention of how to navigate finances and cultural expectations with an immigrant family. Since I wasn't given any guidance, I winked it and followed the traditional money advice from the books I've been reading. Some of this advice included, don't lend money to friends or family, you're not a bank, or to trim your budget as much as you can, stop eating out at restaurants. Those books taught me that if I wanted to improve my money situation, the only way to do it was by prioritizing my own money goals above all else. This is what it looked like. When my family wanted me to invite them out to a nice restaurant and flip the bill, I would say, sorry, I can't. I can't afford to pay for us to go to a restaurant because I want a budget. Or when I got a phone call asking me to pay for an unexpected surgery cost, I said, no, I can't charge that on my credit card because I don't have the money to pay for it. Other times, I would feel guilty for not being more giving and would cave to the pressure just to appease my family, but it usually threw my budget off track 
which set me back financially and left me feeling frustrated. Nothing could have prepared me for the tsunami of backlash and heartache I'd received from family for putting into practice what I've learned. I was called selfish, una malagradecida, a coda, and out of touch with my roots for saying no to family when they needed money. This was so hurtful and caught me by complete surprise. Why was my family being so tough on me? I was just trying to be a financially responsible adult. Didn't they get it? Didn't they want me to make better money decisions? All I wanted was to be a good daughter, granddaughter, and be financially successful. Could I not be all three? Those other books weren't written for us. I eventually realized I was struggling with money and family because I was trying to implement financial advice I learned from mostly white male authors. White male authors write from an American individualistic point of view. The values that are held in high regard to American individualism are being independent and self-reliant and pulling, up, and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. That means that if you get yourself into a financial pickle, you figure out how to get out of it alone. You don't ask for handouts. You don't ask others for help. American individualism encourages you to put your needs before somebody else's with the thinking that being every sorry, with the thinking being that everyone is responsible for their own financial situation, every man for himself. This could not be more different from what is expected and accepted in my household. My family's Mexican values follow more of a collectivist society where they take pride in tapping into community when facing financial hardship. Money is communal. It's there to help us all. It's not embarrassing to ask for money. As a matter of fact, it shows how loved you are. People trust and love you so much that they're willing to loan or gift you their hard-earned money when you need it. They're willing to go into debt for you. There is no bigger badge of pride. As an individual, you're expected to put your needs aside and do what's best for the group, even if it's at your expense. The group's needs are always more important than yours. No wonder I was struggling. I was navigating two completely different money cultures, a perfect example of when book smarts don't work in real life. Traditional personal finance book left me hanging. How is it possible that I had read dozens of money books and yet hadn't received any tools on how to navigate finances with my immigrant family? Why didn't they explain that different money cultures exist and that there isn't just one way to handle money? Why didn't any of those writers teach me how to budget financial support for my family, set financial boundaries, or help me plan for my parents' retirement? These are all issues that affect our community and our dinero, and I'd been left completely unprepared. Why I wrote this book. The truth is simple. White men like Dave Ramsey or Tony Robbins don't have our lived experience. They don't know what it's like to be expected to chip in money for their distant cousin's quinceanera when you can hardly afford your own rent. Nobody is hitting them up asking them to co-sign on a car loan for their uncle with no credit. They've never had to deal with any of that. These writers can't speak, teach, or write about something they haven't lived through. They simply don't have the cultural nuance or lived experience to show us how to navigate money as bicultural Latinas. The first-gen money experience is different, and I understand it. That's why I wrote Cultura in Cash. As a first-gen Latina, I've experienced firsthand the stress, 
pressure, and hardship that comes from handling two clashing money cultures. We are left completely on our own to manage money and debt with little to no financial knowledge. We feel the pressure of making something out of ourselves and making our family proud. We don't just go into adulthood and forget about others. We are much more family oriented. Our families are important to us and we want to bring them with us on our financial journey. We want to uplift our parents, siblings, and any other extended family who rallied around us to help get us where we are today. For a lot of us, helping out financially is how we show respect and gratitude for those who gave us so much. But doing all this while juggling significant student debt and having no other financial support is not easy. We don't get a blueprint. We want to financially support those we love without leaving ourselves behind. This is why we need a book that addresses the unique challenges our community faces. A money book for first gen by first gen. Not only have I lived through the hardships, but I'm also happy to share that I've come out on the other side. Through years of lived experience, I finally found the right balance of both money cultures that allows me to build financial prosperity for myself and future generations while also looking back and financially supporting my family. My philosophy is to pick and choose the best of both worlds. Hold on to the best from the American money culture and the best from your immigrants' parents' money culture to find the balance that works well for you. That's one of the best parts of being first gen, being exposed to two ways of doing things. Now I, give, now I can give freely to my family in a way that's in alignment with my budget and my values. And sometimes that means saying no or not right now. Now I give money to my family, not out of fear, guilt, or a sense of obligation, but out of a place of empowerment gratitude, and gratitude for those who raised me. And let me tell you, the latter feels so much better. Is this book only for first gen? In case the title didn't give it away, Cultura and Cash was unapologetically written for the first-gen community, specifically first-gen Latinas. They are who I want to reach and leave a mark on. My goal with this book is to pave the way for Latinas who come after me by sharing personal anecdotes recounting the lessons I've learned along the way. Since the book centers the first-gen experience, you'll find a sprinkle of Spanglish throughout the book and see me refer to common Latina dichos and beliefs you can relate to. This book was written for you. Cultura and Cash is a culturally relevant book I wish I'd had as a young adult navigating money for the first time. But this isn't to say others can't benefit from the knowledge in this book. If you're a fellow woman of color but don't identify as a first-gen Latina, I see you and I am rooting for your success too. I know you will still gain a lot from the content in this book. A few years ago, I was very impacted by Minda Hart's career book, The Memo. Minda didn't write that book for me. As a black woman, she wrote it for black women. I know because she explicitly said it in the introduction, similar to how I'm doing now. But even though the black and Latina experience is not the same, I still learned a lot because women of color can face similar challenges. Like the Latina community, the black community is also known to assist family members financially through a black tax. If you're a woman of color and the first in your family to graduate from college 
or earn a corporate income, you'll find we share a lot of common money struggles. And to my white allies, thank you for being here and for your willingness to learn. If your whiteness is slightly offended while reading this book, then I've done my job well because I didn't write it for the white gaze. I hope that you can push through that discomfort and learn what first-gen and other marginalized communities are up against in their money journeys. Use this information to be a better ally. And if this isn't your jam, I know 50 other money books I can point you to. How this book is organized. Now we've covered some of the reasons why this book is needed in our first-gen community. Let's talk about the layout of the content and what you can expect to learn. In chapter one, a different starting line, we'll uncover how the first-gen money experience is different from that of most Americans. Being the first in my family to graduate from college gave me a false sense of security. I mistakenly thought that because I had earned a bachelor's, I'd be on a level playing field with others. Although having a college degree did open doors that my family never had access to, I learned I had a different starting line than others in the race towards financial prosperity. Had I known these differences were at play, I would have been much more proactive with my money journey sooner. I'm hoping that chapter will do the same for you. We'll compare the differences and how privilege and having immigrant roots play a role by following the money journey of three characters. Privileged Patty, Average Amy, and First Gen Gina. In chapter two, how our cultura affects our money experience, you'll read about the systemic barriers, cultural differences, money mindsets, and immigrant money habits that can be hurdles in your financial journey. You'll also learn how our cultura and family shape how we interact with finances and the two-step method I use to set financial boundaries. Now, I'm going to be honest. Chapter two may be hard for you to get through. It was hard for me to write. There is no existing money book that tackles these taboo themes as I do. But I know firsthand how powerful it can be to become more aware and bring light to some of the limiting money beliefs we have in our community. If you know me from my social media content, you'll be very familiar with my I'm just keeping it real attitude that you know and love. I bring that same realness to that section of the book. As you read through that chapter, I want to remind you that you are not alone. A lot of the money challenges you face or are currently facing are a part of the collective first-gen experience, and we'll get through this together. The first two chapters are focused on the unique barriers the first-gen community faces in their money journey. This is a key element that makes Cultura and Cash different from other existing money books. If you're tempted to skip these first two chapters, please don't. You'll be better prepared to tackle your finances once you have a true understanding of what we're up against. Chapters three through seven are the how-to sections of this book that cover the logistics of how money works. They're practical and actionable. Instead of jumping straight into Roth IRAs and debt payoff strategies like most existing money books do, I'll open up each chapter with personal anecdotes of how money has positively or negatively affected my life as a young adult. Think of it as relatable money lessons with a side of chisme. In one chapter, you'll learn how money kept me trapped in a toxic job that cost my health. But in another chapter, you'll see how money gave me the confidence 
to leave a successful career and forge my path as an entrepreneur. How is it that money held me back in one situation, but helped me thrive in another? You see, money is neutral. It's just a tool. The same way that a knife is a tool. A knife can be used to cause physical harm to others, or it can be used to lovingly cook a nutritious meal for someone you love. The difference is how you use it. When you can see the real impact money has had on someone else's life, money becomes relatable and important to you too. Learning how money works is suddenly not just some abstract concept you should learn when you have more time or when you have a bigger salary. It's something you eagerly want to learn, not to repeat those same mistakes or something you want to master to replicate the success of others. This is why I share my great and not so great life experiences. With these real life money lessons, you'll find the motivation you need to learn how to manage your finances effectively. The first Gen 5. The content in these chapters will center around my framework, the first Gen 5. The first Gen 5 include five pillars, emergency funds, budgeting, debt, credit, and investing. Don't worry, I'll break down these financial concepts into easy to digest terms to help you learn and feel more confident about money. There's a lot to cover in personal finance like home ownership, trusts and wills, insurance, crypto, and much more. All the white noise can make personal finance feel overwhelming to take in, especially when you're a beginner and didn't learn much about money at home. You may feel intimidated by all the information and decide to stick your head in the sand and avoid your finances altogether, but that's not going to help you. This book was created to inspire action. This is why I came up with the first Gen 5. I identified that these are the five areas that can make the most difference to first gen just getting started in their financial journey. If you follow these teachings, you'll create a solid foundation to build on because they cover your finances from the past, in your present, and in your future. You can work on all five pillars at once and rest assured you are taking a holistic approach to improving your finances. A brief overview of chapters three through seven. Here's a quick description of the remaining chapters. Chapter three, emergency funds. Your lifeboat when shit hits the fan will be all about building a peace of mind fund to catch you when you fall. Chapter four, budgeting is your BFF. We'll teach you how to create a spending plan you're excited about and can actually stick to. Chapter five, debt should feel uncomfy. We'll show you how to pay off debt to free up money to use on what's important to you. Chapter six, credit building, outsmart the credit card companies will demonstrate how increasing your credit score can save you money and give you more options when you need them. And chapter seven, investing isn't just for Patagonia vests wearing middle-aged white men, will teach you the basics of how to get started investing so you don't have to work until the day you die. At the end of each chapter, I'll also, I'll also open thought-provoking conversations on how you can navigate these five areas of personal finance while managing family and cultural expectations, from how to handle loaning money to extended family, to helping your younger sibling build credit, 
to investing for your parents' retirement. In the final chapter, I'll summarize some of the key points of cultura and cash and offer guidance on how to continue your financial journey beyond this book. The Power of Money Affirmations A big theme of this book is improving your money mindset. Your money mindset is your thoughts and beliefs about money. It controls the way you act, behave, and spend money, which all affect your ability to meet your financial goals. To improve your finances, you have to have a positive money mindset. It's the old, do you see the glass half full or half empty analogy. When it comes to money and most things in life, it's important for you to train your mind to see the glass half full. You can get access to the best money education out there, but if you don't have the right mindset, your results will fall flat. You'll notice the beginning of every chapter starts with a money affirmation. If you already practice affirmations in your everyday life, you're in for a treat. I'll save my spiel. But if you're new to them, you may be a bit confused to see them included in a money book. What do affirmations have to do with money? I remember when I first learned about affirmations. The side eye was strong. They sounded so hokey. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to say things I don't believe out loud and one day they'll magically become true? Sure, Jan. But I promise you they work. Science has shown us that regular practice of affirmations can change our neural pathways and can shift the way we think and feel. They may feel unnatural at first, but just like anything else, as you practice them more and more, they'll become easier and easier. Do not skip these. Read them out loud at the beginning of each chapter and really sink into the feelings of what you're saying. Visualize your words and welcome what you're stating. It's yours to claim. The more you practice affirmations, the easier it will be to allow the good in. We can't welcome abundance into our life if we're constantly resisting it, even if it is subconsciously. With time, these affirmations will start positively affecting your money mindset. I regularly use an affirmations app in my everyday life to help me with body positivity, personal growth, and to get me more restful sleep. They do wonders for me. Don't knock them until you try them. Access the Cultura and Cash resource pack. Before you continue reading, visit culturaandcash.com to download the free Cultura and Cash resource pack. I created a digital toolkit to be used alongside this book and it's available to you for free as a reader. It's a one-stop shop with value-packed resources like a list of my favorite high-yield savings accounts to earn you the most cash, a budgeting template to easily track your income and expenses, a fillable workbook to organize and get clear on your debt, a list of my favorite brokerage firms to invest your money and start building wealth, an investing video lesson, a digital workbook to complete all the book's activities, exclusive discounts on my digital resources, and more. Sign-up bonuses and interest rates change frequently, and the Cultura and Cash resource pack allows me to have the most up-to-date information available to you in digital format beyond the publication of this book. I've included several reminders to access the CNC resource pack throughout this book. What you'll gain after reading this book. 
Imagine what it would feel like to know you have the financial security to live life more boldly. To know that money does not control you and limit you, but is a powerful tool you use to your advantage to design a life you love. What would it feel like to have the financial ability to say F you to anybody or any place that doesn't serve you? Picture a life where you have the financial means to always do what's best for you, no matter the cost. Imagine spending your money mindfully and intuitively on what's important to you and knowing it's getting you closer to your dream lifestyle. Instead of feeling overwhelmed by your debt, you'd feel confident knowing you have a plan in place to pay it off and can almost feel the sweet, sweet feeling of the hashtag debt-free life. What will you do with all disposable income now that your money isn't tied up to paying debt? Would you go to grad school or explore a career in a new industry? Will you buy a service or a product that enhances your quality of life? How will you use it towards bigger life goals or to support those you love? In this version of you, instead of being intimidated by credit cards, you'd game the system to your benefit to help give you more flexibility when you need it most. What would it feel like to know that while you're taking care of past and current you, you're also making smart money moves to take care of future you? How good would it feel to have the ability to help your family when they need you most while knowing your finances are thriving and on autopilot? How much easier would life be if you could clearly communicate your money values and goals to your family and set respectful boundaries where everyone knows where everything stands. Imagine how proud you'll feel when you become the go-to person in your family and friend group that can help others do better with money. The teachings of Cultura and Cash will help you build the financial confidence to accomplish all of this and so much more. You can transform your finances for the better. But changing your relationship with money and improving your finances won't happen overnight. It will require a plan, commitment to that plan, and consistency. It will require a willingness to unlearn cultural teachings and break generational patterns to move differently than others in your family have. You have to put in the work and redefine your own money values. It will feel tough at times, but I know you can do it. And how do I know? Because you've been doing hard things your whole life. You were the first in your family to navigate FAFSA, the college application process, and make it to college. The first to navigate the maze that is academia and graduate from college when all odds were stacked against you. You beat the statistics. You may have even gone on to pursue higher education and acquired a master's or a PhD. Shout! (laughs) You were the first in your family to secure a professional job in your field of study with no contacts or connections. No Nepo babies here. You were the first in your family to navigate professional workspaces where nobody looks like you with little help from any mentors or sponsors. Even as a child, you've done hard things. You served as a language interpreter for your Spanish-speaking parents at doctor appointments and parent-teacher meetings at school. You translated important mail and helped them review important legal documents. These are all hard things for grown adults to do and you did them all as a kid. As a first gen, you are smart, resilient, and resourceful. 
Repeat this affirmation. I can do hard things. You've accomplished all this with a fraction of the support others have gotten and you're still here. And you have me on your side as your guide to show you how you can master your money to design a life where you and those you love thrive. All right, that's the end of the intro. I hope you guys enjoyed that introduction. If you'd like to buy the book or learn more about its teachings, visit culturaandcash.com. That website is a one-stop shop for all things book-related, like direct links to buy at your favorite online retailers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, etc., and even Porchlight Books for book orders for your group. It also has an author bio, a description of the book, and a list of all the amazing 14 women who endorse my book. If you'd like to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, thefirstgenmentor.com. Thanks for listening.